I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Kyle, it's been a minute. <laughs> you're not wrong. It has been a minute. But that minute ends now because we're we got another podcast coming here. Wanna talk about Sherco 250SE Factory Edition. See, because I got a 2022 Sherco here. Been on a couple rides with it. Done some balance practice with it here in the front yard. I got some thoughts about it for sure. You know, it's the 250 version, 252 stroke. I have I've been on the record before saying the 252 stroke is the best all-around motor ever. And the reason why I say that is because it there's just so many things it does so well. I mean, you think about it. It can do the nasty stuff. The technical stuff, the slow stuff, first gear, second gear. And the thing also can do the faster stuff. You know, everybody's like, oh, you got to have a 300 to do this, you know, this hard enduro stuff or whatever. And I'm going like, hey, no, you don't. You can do this on a 250. 250 is a little bit snappier than a 300. Maybe you take it to the track, might work a little bit better there. You know, 250 is amazing. So it's awesome to have another Sherco, another Sherco in my arsenal here. I just, I've just come off those two Hondas. We had the Honda CRF 450RX and the CRF 250RX. Plus, I got a couple of KTM still sitting in the shop. I got a 300XCW. I got a KTM 250XC. Everything's 2022. Even though we're halfway, we're more than halfway through 2022. I'm still running with 2022 bikes because the 23s haven't really hit a lot. And yeah, so here's the cool like. There's something. There's something cool about the way that Sherco sounds. Like it has a little bit different sound than the other bikes. I don't know if it's just the way that the cylinder is, the way the power valve is. Maybe it's the way they bolt it to the frame, but it's got like more of a gravelly, older, like more raw sound. It kind of sounds, it kind of reminds me of my old uh, 2000, 2003 Honda CR250R. It's got a little bit of that like gravelly, like grunt, grunty sound. And it's pretty cool. So I picked up the bike, um, I don't know, like a month ago or so from uh, Moto Experts in Spanish Fork, Utah. And it's the first time I bought a carbureted bike from them with the exception, I guess I bought a, I bought a, like a Sherco Trials bike from them that technically is carbureted. But this is the first time I'd bought a carbureted bike from them. The other one I bought from them was a uh, 300 SEF, which is a four stroke fuel injector or whatever. This bike has a Kihan carburetor on it. Kihan, however you say it, I don't know. You know, you tell me how, how you say that, but it's got a key and carburetor. And here's the cool thing. I've bought, I don't even know, 60 motorcycles in the past. Now, not all of them have been carbureted, but the point is this moto experts jetted that bike for the elevation that we typically ride here in Utah, at least put me in the range. They did that before the bike left the shop. Who does that? Let me tell you, no one, no one else has ever jetted any dirt bike that I've purchased but they did. And they got it. The thing is dang close. Like I adjusted my air bypass screw, uh, or my, my air screw I'm thinking anyway, <laughs> I adjusted my air screw about a quarter turn, maybe a half turn. And the thing is pretty dang dialed in. I took it for a ride yesterday and, um, uh, it was slower, more technical stuff. You know, RPMs were low for at least an hour, you know, kind of lugging and chugging through some things. I didn't even have any like, you know, oil coming down, coming out of my, you know, exhaust. So they got that thing really, really close. I mean, maybe you could massage it a little bit. I might change like the needle clip position just for a 
just for shizzes and giggles, craps and giggles, family program here, you know. <laughs> I might change that just a little bit and see what I can get more out of it, but I mean, the bike runs really, really good. So let me tell you, like, I'm just going to kind of break this into two different sections. I've got my likes and my don't like as much. I don't really have any dislikes about the bike yet, but I have some things, some things that I like and then maybe some things that I don't like as much, Okay. So, and this is not a full review. This is just my first impressions after, I don't know, I don't even know how many motor hours I have on it. I've been on two rides plus, you know, just kind of doing some <clears throat> messing around balance practice here in the driveway and stuff. Cause most days I've been trying to get out on the bike, um, just kind of like take a break from email or take a break from whatever I'm, whatever I'm doing and get out on the bike and just do a little bit of balance practice for say five minutes or something in the driveway. So I've been doing that. So the first, the first thing I would say is like a like on this bike is it's a 250, um, but it feels more like a 300. And, and the reason why I would say that is just because, you know, recently it's been a while since I've had a carbureted two stroke, like that is that big of a bike. Most of the bikes recently have been the, most of the, you know, bikes I've had recently have been the KTM TPI bikes. I don't think I've had a carbureted bike since, uh, the 2020 beta 300 RR race edition. And that bike also ran really well. Like I don't have any problem with, with carburetors. I've got zero problem with carburetors. They're, they're fun because you can, they're simple, you know, not many frills. And once you get it kind of dialed in, they just really run. But this 250 feels more like a 300 because the, the TPI bikes do run. They do have a little bit softer, low, softer bottom ends. The benefit of maybe like a TPI bike. And one of the benefits is that it's a very, like very linear power. Whereas on this um, Sherco, it's it's more of a snap. It's more of like you've got a little bit harder hit on the bottom, more grunt, and then it gains power super fast. But then it rolls off a little bit faster. As far as the power curve kind of flattens out a little bit faster. I'll come to that before. And I'll come to that a little bit later. But as far as talking about likes, you know, it's pretty cool to be on a 250 that has like a little bit more grunt you know, down low, and it's it's almost like dang, why would you ever want? Why would you ever need more low end grunt than this? And I know. I know so many people just look directly at the 300s because it's like <clears throat> they think this is the premier biggest, uh, you know, two stroke that you can get. But I think way, way too many people overlook the 250. And I think a lot of people would be happier on the 250 because they feel lighter, they feel more agile, and they feel more nimble when you compare them to their 300 counterparts. And I love it. I love the, I love the feel of the 250. And I was lugging the crap out of it yesterday on the trails. And it ran great. You know, simple carburetor there's not as many frills on it they just run you know and so far this Sherco has just run another thing i really like is it starts crazy fast you know once you've got the carburetor kind of dialed in and it's uh, and especially once the bike is warm man it starts like like that the bike just you 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 breathe on that starter and the bike is alive you know and that's a fresh air, that's a breath of fresh air especially a lot of times when you're on like an EFI four stroke or whatever, they're a little bit slower to start. Um, the KTM TPI bikes are just a teeny, like they're a fraction of a second slower than the carbureted bikes, which is crazy to think about. Like how, like with the, with the carbureted bike, how simple everything is. It's kind of crazy to think about how fast they start, you know, but this, uh, this Sherco starts really fast, really fast. And, and I really, really, really like that, you know, so that's a really good thing. Another really good thing about the Sherco, um, is it feels really agile, you know, when you're on the bike. Now, I know it's like 255 pounds. I think I weighed it. And so that isn't, that isn't super ideal. If you go to my website, dirtbikechannel.com, 
uh, and then you go to resources uh, up in the in the menu. Then one of them is a dirt bike weight comparison. Oh shoot, I don't even have it up here. I need to put it up here. I have I okay. I need to, I need to get it up on my website. Um, but I believe if I pull up my phone, I believe it was two hundred fifty five pounds. Let me just double check that. So it's a little bit heavier. I mean, if I can confirm, yeah, let me confirm this. Yeah, two hundred fifty five point five pounds is what my scale said. So let me give you an example. That is, and this is, it's, but it's got a radiator fan and it's got a skid plate on it. So there's a couple extra things, but like it's say 15 pounds heavier than my 2020 KTM 250 XE. So 15 pounds. Now, I don't know about you, but like a radiator fan and a skid plate doesn't weigh 15 pounds. That's essentially what it has in addition to weigh what maybe like a KTM 250 XE would have. Um, so it's heavier, like the bike's heavier. In my 2021 KTM 300 XEW, 241 pounds. So it's 14 pounds heavier than my 21 300 XEW. Um, I, I was a bonehead and I didn't weigh my 22 KTMs before I put started putting parts on them. Uh, the struggle is real. But the point is, it's heavier bike, but it doesn't feel heavy when you're on the trails. It feels really agile in the front end. And it's kind of interesting too, because if you look at where the forks are, at least where my forks are on the bike that I got, they're actually fairly low in the triple clamps, you know? And so it really tells you that they've got this bike dialed in where it's supposed to feel light and agile and be like more of a hard enduro bike where you've got lots of quick turning capability. And I might even raise them a little bit more in the triple clamps just to kind of see what that feels like. Maybe two or three millimeters. I don't think I'd go any more than five, what that does is it shortens your wheelbase and then that will make the bike feel even lighter and even more agile. And, you know, I, I think I thought about that yesterday, just kind of playing with that because the bike feels really good. It feels really light and really like good, just planted when you're like doing the, um, your, your mountain single track and stuff. I'm going to talk about the suspension in just a minute. Uh, but as far as the way, like the balance and the handling goes, it feels really good and with mountain single track, I might even just raise my triple clamps just a smidge or raise the forks in the triple clamps just a smidge to kind of get a little bit more of that light, playful feel out of the bike to compensate for the fact that it is a little bit heavier. You know, I already mentioned it comes with a factory installed radiator fan, which I think is great. Absolutely great. I mean, the bike's expensive. Like it, it's just as expensive as a KTM. I mean, I wrote a massive check for it, you know, so it's, they're very expensive, but there's a lot of good components on it. You've got Brembo brakes, a Brembo clutch. Uh, you've got really good rims. You've got a radiator fan installed from the factory. You've got a skid plate installed from the factory. You've got handguards. I wish the skid plate actually covered the linkage. It's, I think it's an AXP skid plate that doesn't, it, well, it doesn't cover the linkage for sure. Um, and so if you're going to take this thing into hard enduro situations or whatever, you're probably going to want a skid plate that covers, or at least some sort of a linkage protection. Um, this is a bike that I do feel like you need radiator braces or guards with. And so I put on some enduro engineering radiator braces. I put on um, uh, a bulletproof design swing arm. I mean, the uh, tab guard for the, the chain guide. A lot of people have said the chain guide is crap and it'll just like break off. I haven't broken one off of a Sherco yet, but I've heard people talking about that. Uh, what other things? I put on a like an enduro engineering rear disc guard. I haven't protected my front rotor guard on most of my bikes and I've been fine, you know, but yeah, the, the thing turns really tight. And especially if you take out the steering stops, um, which is, you know, it turns super tight. Oh, back to the radiator fan though. Um, I do. It's, it's awesome to just get a bike and not have to put that on. I was just having, I just had a call with a guy today. He got his first bike. It's KTM 350 XCF. I think it is. And he's like, Hey, 
this bike is overheating all the time. Like, what do I do? I'm like, well, you're not riding it fast enough. Um, he's like, well, I'm making trails. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to get a radiator fan. You know, like four strokes are going to make more heat anyway. That bike, a 350 XCF needs to be pushed fast and hard. And the faster you go, the better that bike is going to perform. But if you're doing out, you know, making trails and do some slow, slow trail riding, you're going to need a radiator fan. And it's really nice that Sherco comes with that. You don't have to do it. Um, I don't think you get to program when it comes on. I, if, if you do, if you do get to program it, let me know, <laughs> send me a message or send me an email or something, but it, I think it just comes on at a predetermined thing, probably set by the ECU. Uh, and it, so it runs a lot. Like I think they have it coming on at a fairly conservative number to keep, try to keep the temperatures down on the bike. Um, so it runs a lot, but on the plus side, not that it's a plus, not that it's a super negative that it runs a lot, but um, it does turn off when the ignition stops. So they've got some sort of a relay in there or whatever, where once the bike is off, the fan only runs for a second or two and then it shuts off. It's always super annoying when you've got a fan, a radiator fan that continues to run when the bike is off. It's not actually cooling anything down except for that radiator right there. Like if your bike is off and the, and the coolant isn't circulating, your bike will cool down just by the fact that it's sitting there without explosions happening on the inside of the motor. It will cool down. That radiator fan literally is only cooling down the coolant that's right there, right in the radiator, you know, right. And it's so it, it, all it's really doing is wasting your battery at that point. Uh, so like on some of my other bikes, like on some of the KTMs, I've installed like a, I think it's a true North motos relayed wire harness is what I've put on, on these, on some of the bikes. And that way, your fan doesn't just sit there and run your battery dead. There's other ways to combat like, like combat that by putting like in a Y switch or something, which then you would manually have to turn the fan off, but then you'd have to remember to turn the fan back on when you start going again. Sherco has solved that problem by just putting a relay in this thing or having it be controlled by the ECU. And once the power goes off, the ignition goes off uh, to the bike or whatever, then the um, radiant fan stops running, which I think is a, is the right way to go. Years ago, I think it was a 2017, um, Sherco, I was think it was a 300 SE uh, that I had. And if you didn't turn a switch off, like a kill switch on the bike, it just ran the battery dead, which was super annoying. They have solved that problem now. So you don't have to worry about your battery running, running dead. There's no on off switch. You know, it just shuts the power off to the battery, which is how it always should have been. So those are some of the things that I really like about the bike. I mean, there's a, there's a really a lot to like about it. Here are some things that I don't like as much. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go straight at it. And a lot of you guys will be like, Oh, Kyle, what are you talking about? But like the KYB suspension, I think it's valve too stiff on my first ride. I, what I did is I just continually like, um, kept taking clicks out of the, out of the forks and I got them all the way out. And I was like, this is the best that it feels with the, with the uh, forks as fast as they can move. Cause I'm not riding super fast desert stuff right now. I'm riding mountain single track. And then yesterday I took it in more, some nastier, slower, rockier, loose stuff where it's like rock, hard, square edges and things. And not only was the fork a little bit too stiff, the rear end was just bouncing all over the place. And there was at one point I actually got launched off the bike. Now I'm not like blaming the bike totally. Like it was just kind of a fluke thing, but I got like my back end got kicked so hard by just a small ish rock, like a combination of smallish rocks that are no more than like five, six inches high it bucks me all the way off the pegs. Like I literally go for a ride. And when I start, when I fall back down, my feet don't hit the pegs. They go all the way down to the ground, which then kind of like shifts my weight back. You can imagine how that, how that would happen. Shifts my weight back. And then boom, I get a fistful of throttle, whiskey throttle, and the bike goes flip. And I, me and the bike go flipping down off the hill. Luckily, 
it wasn't in a spot where it was a super big deal. But that is a part that is partly because I do think this bike is valved a little bit too stiff for quote hard enduro. Not that I was doing hard enduro at the time, but I was just in some rockier, slower, nastier stuff. It wasn't even super nasty where I had this flip over, like this flip off. I put it on social media. But there were several places on this trail where it was steep, loose, rocky. And I was just like, this, this, this uh, rear end is not getting out of the way fast enough. And so it's hampering my traction. Now, I do think, um, I just, I don't know. It's just, I don't think it's, if, if this Shurko was supposed to be like a hard enduro trail bike, I think they've got it set up with the suspension a little bit too stiff. Um, and this is, this is a common theme. Like with the Hondas, I think they were slightly too stiff, but I didn't take the Hondas in this type of terrain. I think the Hondas would really struggle. The two Hondas that I had recently would have really struggled in this type of terrain. Um, but I had my KTM 300 XCW up in this exact same place like three weeks ago. No problem. The KTM 300 XCW with that Explorer fork and the Explorer shock is the softest of the quote race enduro bikes. Gas Gas EC 300 would be another one that's like that. And they just soak things up a little bit more. You can say what you want and some people don't like it especially some of the faster desert guys. But if you're going to do mountain single track, I do think this thing is valve just a little bit too stiff for the slower, more nasty stuff. Um, it's interesting too, because the geometry of the bike feels like it wants to go slow. It's like it's designed kind of like a trials experience where it's designed to go slow. So for me, it's a little bit of a dichotomy between the suspension plus the chassis, because I feel like most of the way that the bike is designed is to go slow and to be like a hard enduro trail bike. But the forks and I believe the shock is a little bit too stiff for my weight. Now I've been gaining some weight, but like in the buff as of this morning, I'm 168 pounds. Then I put on a bunch of weight. I'm probably pushing 190 with my pack and all the stuff on. And I'm set my, I've set my sag to 105 was not hard to get there. I, it was like one turn um, on the preload collar to get me to uh, 105 millimeters. Hold on, let me get a drink here. So it was easy to get the, <clears throat> it was easy to get to the, the sag setting I wanted. But yeah, I just feel like a little bit, it's just a touch too stiff for the nastier stuff. The faster you're going, the better it is. If you're in the slow, technical rocky stuff i think it's a little stiff here's another thing um that i don't like maybe as much uh, they supposedly counterbalanced this bike they did put some sort of counterbalancing uh weight but i f i think what they did more is just like maybe added a counterbalancer on the flywheel or something it's not as smooth as the your as the austrian bikes uh, so it vibrates more. You feel it more through the foot pegs and through your hands than you would on like a KTM Gas Gas or Husky, Husqvarna. Um, it's not a reason not to get the bike. You get used to it. But I mean, I just do feel like, because Beta did the same thing. Beta, quote, counterbalanced their bikes and Sherco, quote, counterbalanced their bikes. And they just did not do nearly as, a good, nearly as good of a job as what KTM did with their motors way back in 2017. And so we are literally five, six model years down the road and nobody has been able to match the counterbalancing smooth, buttery smooth, uh, almost zero vibration is what KTM has been able to do. And I would just say at this point, you know, let's get these bikes a little bit smoother. Keep the carburetors. I'm good with it. Now they've said, I've heard a lot of people because mine's a 22 
Uh, basically, everyone has said the model twenty, the model year twenty three, isn't going to change anything other than just some graphics and maybe like a teeny bit of, you know, they might have a little bit different mapping on the on the, you know, in the the ignition or, and I'm sure and I'm sure they'll like tweak the suspension or something. Although throw some different shim in there and be like, oh, we've upgraded the suspension or whatever. That's what typically all these manufacturers do. But it's not. And, and then in 24, supposedly there might be some big differences. They might even make this bike fuel injected in, in model year 24. We don't know, but it, it feels like the word on the street is feel like there will be some bigger changes that come in 2024, but the 22s and 23s are essentially the same bike It's a great bike, but it does vibrate a little bit more. And I would just like to see this bike get a little bit smoother as far as less vibration in that motor. Uh, something else, and I'm not, I swear the clutch. So it's a Brembo clutch, but it feels heavier it's definitely a heavier, heavier clutch pull than the Gas Gas EC300. The Gas Gas has a brake tech clutch, and it seems to be really easy to pull. It's got a good pull on it. These Shirkos, they, they have all felt to me a little bit like heavier of a clutch pull. Now, some people, you might say, well, that's probably in the springs inside of the clutch. I don't think it's a better clutch as far as like the clutch basket. I've heard people say that they don't think it's quite as good as like a KTM as far as like longevity. Um, but it's a little bit heavier clutch pull. I get a little bit more finger fatigue. I was even noticing yesterday that there were times where I was using two fingers on the clutch. Normally, I'm a one-finger clutch kind of guy, um, like just my index finger is what I'm usually covering the clutch with and whatever, and I noticed yesterday that oftentimes I was bringing my middle finger up there also to work the clutch, which only gives me then two fingers to hang on to the bars with, which is my you know, my ring finger and my pinky finger and finger fatigue is a little bit of a thing. Um, a little bit more than some of the other bikes I've uh, been riding recently. Something to, something to just note. I know I'm being nitpicky here, but like, look, you've got to, this bike is, these bikes are so freaking good. They're so freaking good. Uh, so I've just got to kind of point out some of the little nuances. This one shouldn't come as much of a surprise, but I have a little bit more of a cramped feel every single time I've ever been on a Sherco. Um, they just are made for a little bit shorter riders than me. I'm six feet tall and I feel like, I feel like my hands and feet are very close together on, on this bike. You just do. I think it would be fantastic for people who are five foot, 10 inches and under. Like if you're a five, eight, like go, oh man, go grab a Sherco. It's going to be built just for you. It's going to feel tall, you know, throwing your leg over it. But once you get on the thing where your hands are and your feet are, and they have a pretty low bend, I believe on the bars. Uh, and then just the foot pegs are just higher. They're just close up by, and they come straight out. The pegs come straight out. Um, but I do think if you're a little bit smaller or a little shorter than me, you're going to like it better. So a couple ways you can combat that. Uh, first way, uh, because I did mention the pegs do come straight out, flat out. I installed some fast way air. Uh, I think they're the air EXT pegs. Uh, because the nice thing about those is you can drop them down. They, they drop down and back slightly with the fit kit that you put on. So they're relatively expensive. And then I'm not super happy with it because by the time you put the shims on, which will allow like a little bit of an upward camber to those pegs, which is how every single other manufacturer does it. Honda, Kawasaki, uh, uh, Beta, Yamaha, KTM Husky, all of those guys, they all have an upward camber to the foot pegs, meaning the, the farther the foot peg gets away from the bike, the higher up it is. That helps to kind of lock your feet in. Um, Sherco does not do that. The pegs come out totally flat. 
And so it can it can feel a little bit disconcerting sometimes when you're switching from bike to bike. Obviously, you would get used to it. But where I'm switching from bike to bike all the time, this is one thing that is not like any of the others. But installing these fastway pegs, I've got these shims in there so that it has a little bit of an upward camber to them. What that does, though, is it makes it it puts you kind of the, the peg is kind of swept back and you're mostly riding on the front edge of the foot peg. And that creates like an additional pressure point because your foot isn't flat, like your boot isn't flat on the peg. I think it'd probably wear out your boots a little bit faster. And it does create a pressure, a pressure point where it's a little bit more uncomfortable on my feet. And so I'm not sure that, I've get, that I'm getting enough gains by, with these aftermarket foot pegs for what the cost is because the cost is having maybe it's a little bit more uncomfortable so I'm not sure that I even like that, to be completely honest. I was my my the jury was out. I remember the last time I had a Sherco, the two the 300 SE factory four stroke, and this time I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I like it. I might I might go back to the stock pegs, to be completely honest, because then at least my feet would feel flat front to back. So there's less pressure in one spot under the balls balls of my feet. Um I do not like the Michelin Enduro tires that come on the bike. Uh, some people like them. I don't like them at all. I replaced those straight out of the gate. I did a little burnout. <laughs> I did a little burnout with the tire. It's just the the grip compound on that tire, and it's a 140 tire. It's an F 140 width tire with an FIM like knobby height, which I don't think does anything. It just makes the tire shorter. It looks. It's just like okay, you got a tire that's half worn out by the time you start running it. I don't like it. I don't like those tires. I'd prefer basically anything else. Uh, it's just a really hard compound for me and I don't love it. I just don't love those tires. Um, some people do, I don't. So yeah, that's, that's the thing there. Uh, you know, and I think, I think I will try some short bar risers to just get a little bit more comfortable on the bike. Uh, the danger, the downside to doing that is you can take weight off the front wheel, you know, and that is the problem. Like if you take weight off the front wheel, then you're reducing your traction and you can wash the front end out. You know, if you're standing up too much and you shift, it just takes a little bit. If you shift your weight too far back, you get too comfortable standing up too high, then then you're going to have some handling problems. But, oh, excuse me. I do get just a little bit more fatigued with my back a little bit quicker on the Shercos. And this isn't just this bike. This has been every Sherco that I've had. Thus far, it's a recurring theme because of the fact that I think the foot pegs and the handlebars are closer together. They're just built for a little bit shorter people. Um, and that's great because if you think about it, what's the average height across the world for men? I think it's like 5'8". If you factor in everyone across the world. Now, you know, I'm 41. I'm, you know, of European descent, Scandinavian descent or whatever. And sometimes I feel short. You know, I'm six feet tall and I... You know, I see these guys are 6'2", 6'3", whatever. The Sherco is probably not the one I would recommend for you if you're taller than me, to be completely honest. They've just been built for people who are a little bit shorter than me. And so I'm going to maybe try some short bar risers, maybe 10 millimeters. That would probably be enough um, if I could find that. I know a lot of bar, ris bar risers come in like 15 millimeter increments and then like 20 and 30 millimeters. I don't want that. I think I would like to start with just 10 millimeters. And maybe that means I would just, I could just switch bars to have a little bit higher bar rise and that would get what I want there too. Um, let's talk a little bit about the motor. I taught, that was what I let off with. I'm like, this 250 feels awesome and it does. However, something that just uh, the flip side of that is, you know, the bike has really great low end power, 
but it seems to sign off a bit quicker. Or one other way to look at this is that the, the power curve gets flatter quicker in the RPM range than, say, my 250XC, you know? And part of that might be the fact that it's TPI or whatever. Um, I'm not really sure. Could be the counterbalancing thing, like where the 250XC from KTM is a counterbalance, and so it just has a little bit better resonance as it moves up through the RPM range and holds on to its power curve a little bit longer. I'm not exactly sure. I can just tell you that this uh, Sherco seems to, you know, it's got fantastic power, and there's it pulls so hard, so hard in that low to mid-range RPMs. But as soon as you start to get into the higher RPMs, that's where the bike signs off quicker and it, it, it encourages you to shift the gear quicker. And so you're going to be shifting. Like if you've had another, like let's say you've been on a KTM for a couple of years and then you move to the Sherco. Something that I would say that you would probably notice off the bat is you're, you're shifting a little bit lower RPMs into the next gear. So I, I don't even know when we shift, but let's say if you were shifting at say, um, 6,500 RPMs on your KTM, you're probably going to be shifting at like 5,500 RPMs on your Sherco. Now that doesn't mean it's slower. I'm not saying that, but it does have a little bit different, obviously a little bit different, um, power. Like it's a super steep power curve, but then it like flattens off faster earlier in the RPM range. If you, if that makes sense. And you know, it's just a feel thing. Like I don't know if it lights my fire quite as much because of that. That's one of the reasons why I've liked the 250 two strokes is they, they just have this snappy, like super like, and they, and you can hold on to a gear a little bit longer as opposed to like a 302 stroke. This 250 SE isn't quite as much like that. Now I'm not saying it isn't awesome. I'm not saying that it's great, but it just kind of signs off a little bit faster as far as like the power curve flattens off a little quicker. So just to note that, and I think the last thing I would say is just like I don't like as much as the petcock, the fuel petcock, the petcock is in a weird spot. You have to do it with your left hand because it, the valve is really, the petcock is really only accessible from the left-hand side of the bike, but you've got to reach in past the carburetor. So it's not there on the, the fuel petcock isn't on the left-hand side. You have to get to it from the left-hand side, but you're reaching like all the way through the bike. And it's kind of in a weird spot to kind of even see what's happening. It's hard to even see it. Once you realize how it works and everything, I mean, it's fine, but it's just in a weird spot. And it makes me wonder kind of like exactly why it has to be like all the way. You're reaching through the bike. You're reaching with your left hand down through there and reaching through more to the right hand side of the motorcycle to hit this fuel pack cock that is completely buried down in there. You know, so... <laughs> Luckily, there is enough room to do it, but it's like, why does that have to be like all the way over there? It's just kind of a funny thing. Um, I haven't had to do my air filter yet. I already know the air filter is going to be a little bit more finicky than like on some of the other bikes. I know because they haven't changed that since the last time I reviewed one. The air filter is under the seat. I do like how the seat comes off with no tools and you don't need any tools to get your air filter out and clean it because it's got a, you know, a big like knurled, uh, you know, machined thing where you just like a big old screw on it that you can do with your hand. So I love the fact that they have it's toolless to replace your air filters, but it is kind of in a little bit funky spot under the seat makes it kind of hard to get down in there and to get the thing back on perfectly, which is a concern uh, because if you don't put your air filter on perfectly, you're going to suck dirt in the motor and then bye-bye top end and possibly bottom end or whatever. Uh, so I'd, I'd prefer that it was a little bit more idiot proof, but I haven't, I actually haven't had to do anything with it yet because I've only ridden the bike twice and I was alone. So it wasn't eating any dust at all. 
you know, uh, the battery is down there under the, uh, under the air filter that keeps, you know, some of that weight down low pros and cons to that. I'm not going to bag on or anything. As long as your battery doesn't go dead, it's not a problem. And they do have some leads that come up above. So you don't have to tear your, uh, you don't have to tear your air filter off to be able to like jump the bike or, or, um, charge the bike, I believe. So, but it's just, yeah, your air fil- your battery is going to be down there below the air filter if you ever need to like service that or whatever. So just something to, to note on that. But I mean, overall, I'm, I really am excited to have another Sherco in my shop. This will be a sweepstakes bike for September. So I will be giving the bike away for, you know, there will be a sweepstakes that goes from September one until September 30. Uh, I believe I will also be giving away my KTM 250 XC alongside of that thing. So we'll have twin, I'll have two 2022 252 strokes uh, for you guys here in September. And I'm looking forward to putting a bunch more time on the bike and getting to know it a little bit better. And uh, then at that point, we can talk more about plastics and we can talk more about uh, like maintenance and things of that nature. Brembo brakes, front and rear. So good stuff there. Most of the stuff on the bike is, is just solid squared away. And if you get one of these things, it's going to be amazing. Make sure you get your carburetor tuned, you know, and if you want to support these podcasts and everything that we're doing, one of the best ways you can do it is use my links to Rocky Mountain ATV. Rocky Mountain ATV stocks. In fact, right now they're stocking. I got an email from Rocky Mountain like a week ago. It's like, hey, Sherco headquarters. They're, they're stocking more and more stuff for your Sherco. In the past, one of the, one of the downsides to having a Sherco is you had to only get parts through your dealer you know, through the dealer network, which is getting really, really a ton better. And the dealer network is great. The dealer I have is fantastic for stocking and getting parts in quick. But now Rocky Mountain ATV is also stocking parts for Shurkos because they can see this blue wave coming. They know this is a fantastic motorcycle and a ton of people are buying these things. So you can go to Rocky Mountain ATV. If you go to my website, dirtbikechannel.com, I've got links to shop for Rocky Mountain ATV. And if you click on those links, then you can just buy anything that Rocky Mountain ATV sells and it helps to put money back in the Dirt Bike Channel coffers. And I use that. I don't take money out. I just leave the money in these accounts and continue to use that to buy bikes. Obviously, I have to pay my bills, uh, pay rent and all that that kind of stuff, pay mortgage. Um, But yeah, so use those links for Rocky Mountain ATV. That would really, really help us out. And uh, if you have questions about this bike, send me an email, kyle at dirtbikechannel.com. We'll see if we can answer your questions, but I really, really like it having a good time with it. And uh, that's what I've got for you. So those are my initial thoughts on the Sherco 250 SE factory. Leave a single track. Thanks, everybody.